Let us enter into his courts with praise and into his gates with thanksgiving. Please turn in your Bibles to John chapter 21. John chapter 21 for an opening passage of scripture. We will get to this chapter in a few months in our study of the Gospel of John. The Lord Jesus Christ is revealing himself to his apostles in one of the occasions after his resurrection from the dead, and he is going to have a little private exchange with Simon Peter. Simon Peter in Matthew chapter 26, where the most details are given to us, when Jesus said that he was going as had been determined of him to the crucifixion of the cross, he said that he would be betrayed by one of the apostles, and Simon Peter said, Lord, though all the others will betray you, I would never do such a thing. The commitment of zeal is wonderful. The inability to perform it is terrible. And so after his resurrection, the Lord Jesus Christ came and had this little exchange, and I want the 15th verse of John 21, and I want it for this reason. Mediocrity is terrible in any part of life, especially being a Christian, because we have the highest calling by the highest Lord and are measured by the highest master with the highest standard, and there's no reason or, or way or, or why we should not give him our best. And so here the Lord Jesus Christ turns Simon's statement to him a few days earlier around and comes back to him this way. John 21 and verse 15, So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. Peter didn't come back quite so boldly this time, didn't he? Did he? Because he had been humbled by the events that had taken place a few days earlier. When it says and asks the question, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? Is Jesus asking Simon, do you love me more than these 153 fish that you just caught? Option A. Option B, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me more than you love these other ten apostles? Option B. There's one more option. Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me more than these other ten apostles love me? And that is the intent by the Savior, because he is responding to Simon's earlier commitment to him that though all others would forsake him, Simon wouldn't. The Bible is filled from beginning to end with measuring men and ranking them. It is not liked, especially by sluggards, and it is not liked by our effeminate generation. They do not like awards being handed out to first place. They do not like losers being identified as losers. But in the Bible, in both Testaments, it's always that way, and you men have been taught this at men's meetings repeatedly. There are good, better, and best. There are those that multiply their talents, are given five, and they come back with ten. There are those that are given one and put it in a napkin and bring the one back to the Lord, and the Lord takes it away from them because they don't even deserve that one and gives it to the man with ten. And when the crowd objects and says, Lord, he has ten, 
The Lord Jesus responds like we would want him to respond. A real captain that doesn't want incompetent losers around him. And so every day we have a choice. We can be like David or we can be like Saul. Saul was a loser. We can be like David. We can be like Eliab, David's older brother. You never read a thing about him again because there was nothing to read about him. He was a loser. There was David. And we want to be like David. The comparisons are great in the Bible. Here's Jesus pushing a comparison on Simon Peter. And if you read about Peter in the first chapters of Acts, he was going to go out and show the Lord that he did love him more than anyone else because who had the boldest voice in defending Jesus Christ and preaching the gospel in the book of Acts until we met another one. And do you know what that other one says about himself? The grace of God which was bestowed upon me was not bestowed in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Is that pride? Is that arrogance? Why does it bother you? All of God's men have always been like that. That was total humility. Yet not I, but the grace of God that is with me. The Apostle Paul never boasted of himself. And when he was forced to boast of himself because of the Corinthian church, he said, you forced me to be a fool. Because ordinarily boasting has no purpose. But sometimes for that particular church, it had a purpose. The Bible tells us that we can receive the grace of God in vain. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, the first verse. I don't want the grace of God to be bestowed in vain on any one of you. I live, I breathe, I work, I pray, I'm here this morning, and the Lord has convicted me to preach this. He totally interrupted me a number of days ago when I was studying John chapter 8 to bring to you the contested 11 verses that open up that chapter. He said, forget it, because I was very discouraged and very grieved about the lack of zeal in this church. And so he said, forget it. John 8, 1 through 11 isn't going to do them any good. Give them David again. I'm the son of David. Give them David again. And this isn't a repeat. I preached David to you 10 or 15 years ago. It's called the heart of David. I dealt with about 15 character traits pertaining to his heart. I'm over 61 on this study right now. How far we get, I don't know. But I want you to see the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ that we deal with is an austere and hard man. And I love those terms about him. I would not want to follow him if he wasn't that way. Because he rewards the diligent and he punishes the slothful. It's just what you wish our government did. It's just what you wish your employers did. He does it. And he does it perfectly and flawlessly. And he picked David because David was better than Saul. I have picked your neighbor that's better than you. How would you like to hear those words? And have the Holy Spirit taken away from Saul and given to David from that day forward. The Lord makes differences. And you make differences. May the Lord bless you today. May the Lord bless me today. That we will consider Jesus confronting Simon Peter and the other comparisons in the Bible. The Apostle Paul would write in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 5, For I suppose I was not a whit behind the very chiefest apostles. Is that boasting? Yes. Is it appropriate boasting? Absolutely. Every day we have choices that we make that either compromise our zeal toward God or we exploit it and leverage our zeal toward God. And we show it and display it toward Him to him, which he's able to see, and before others that they're able to see. Lord, help us. He's worthy. 
David, there on his deathbed, would tell Israel and the princes of Israel, my son's young, so you've got to help him. This palace is for God, it's not for men. Because that made all the difference in the world to David. David was a very simple man. He was not complex. He had complex emotions, but he was simple. What simple thing drove his life? All to the glory of God. All to the glory of God, always. All out for the glory of God. He had a purpose, he had a cause, and his programs were always in the direction of his purpose and his cause, the glory of God. Everything drove him that way. And before Jesus Christ, we will all stand before him. I'm going to be confronted as to whether I did my part to push you to be what you should be for him. He's going to confront you to see if you responded to the pressing and pushing that you received from this pulpit toward him. No preaching is of any value unless you humble yourself. Solomon said over and over, bow down thine ear. Bow down your ear today. We can all be more like David. We can all be more like the son of David. We can all be more like Peter and Paul. These are examples the Bible gives us, and we are told to follow them. Mark the perfect man, for the end of that man is peace. None of you are Jesus Christ. None of you are incarnate. None of you have an impeccable spirit that cannot sin. You can relate more to David than you can to Jesus. That's why we're not told very much about the personal life of Jesus. We are told everything about the personal life of David from his youth to the last days on his bed. We have his sins recorded for us because you have a whole lot of sins recorded about you. How did he deal with his sins? He overcame them. He blew them away by the blood of the lamb, and he didn't even know about the blood of the lamb like you know about the blood of the lamb. Let's be victorious by the power of the Holy Spirit. He knew it was God's spirit even in the Old Testament, but you have the same spirit that David had. You can. We should. We must. For God's glory. And it's not complicated. It's simple. All for the glory of God. Nothing held back. I will be an able minister of the New Testament. But when I read the first sentence, the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David. When I read the last sentence, I, Jesus, the root and offspring of David. I'm going to preach about the father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because God, when I go into his divine library, when I walk into his divine library with all those leather-bound volumes on the shelves, the fireplace is warm and inviting, and the big overstuffed leather chair is sitting there beside it, and I go to the biography section, it's three feet wide, and two and a half feet of it are David. So, the Lord's told me what kind of emphasis there ought to be, and by the grace of God, and he is my witness, I have emphasized David at times to you over the last decades. I want you to be men, women, and children after God's own heart. Walking with him in a relationship not known by any other man ever in the history of the world except his son Jesus. Where God delighted in David, and David delighted in God, and they had exchanges that were exceptional and with no comparison in the Bible unprecedented, unfollowed conversations between God and David about David's love for God and God's love for David. David's desire to build God a house, God's commitment to build David a house. Beautiful. 
recorded for us in detail, repeated over and over again in the Bible. May we take advantage of it today. A young man's going to get up in a few minutes, and he's going to share one of those Psalms of David with us. We're going to look inside the heart, the regenerated, inspired, motivated heart of David from God. Enjoy every word. It's been inspired and preserved in the Bible for our prophet. Yes. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, blessed God, I thank thee, Lord of heaven and earth, for all your mercy toward us and for giving us the word of God. And we trust its content and we trust its emphasis. And Heavenly Father, the content before us is obvious and the content is rather simple. Everything to the glory of God. But Heavenly Father, the task before me is great. We live in a pampered, prosperous, luxurious, sissified, effeminate, compromising, carnal, worldly generation of Christians. It is hard, O oh Lord, for us to hold the line against them and to reach back and reach upward toward the example of David, Peter, Paul, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us this day. Fill us with thy spirit, Heavenly Father. Let him assist every word that is preached, that is sung, that is shared out of this pulpit. Open the hearts and the minds, the ears and the eyes of everyone here and convict them. Heavenly Father, convict the speaker first. Convict us. Put a fire within us that we would want to have the zeal of David for your house, for your person, for walking with you, for prayer, for delighting in you, for praising God in the beauty of holiness, for your words. Oh, Lord, we're going to see and hear so much today. Help us, Heavenly Father. Forgive us where we have been more like Eliab. Forgive us where we've been like Peter before Jesus prayed for him and we've betrayed him and turned away. Forgive us for being like Saul of Tarsus or Demas, having forsaken Paul and returned to this present world. Oh, Heavenly Father, have mercy upon us. We thank Thee to be in Your house. We thank Thee that You've given us a temple that is greater than the one David devised and Solomon built, the temple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And He's here by His Spirit with us today. And we thank Thee for that. We thank Thee for a kingdom greater than the kingdom David had, a kingdom which cannot be removed, a kingdom where his son sits at this hour on the throne of heaven, and we worship him. We thank thee for our older brother, the Lord Jesus Christ, the son of David. We thank thee for the root and offspring of Jesse and an ensign of Jesse that has been raised to us Gentiles, and we have flocked to it, Heavenly Father. Now bless us this day that we will show our zeal toward Jesus Christ by emulating that father of his named David. We thank Thee, Heavenly Father, for the nation in which we live. We are blessed in it. Help and preserve it. We thank Thee that there are others like us around the world, though few in number. We know that You have reserved to Yourself 7,000, and we pray that You will strengthen them, preserve them, and keep them this day. Open the mouths of their pastors, that they will feed their congregations with knowledge and understanding, and stir them up in the Lord. We desire nothing for us, that we do not desire for them as well or more. O oh Lord, let the word of the Lord have free course and be glorified today. 
We thank Thee for every good thing that You shower upon us, including the showers that are falling upon the earth outside this room. We thank Thee for the rain that waters the earth to bring forth food for the sower. You have provided our tables with plenty, and we thank Thee for it. We thank Thee for the beauty of the foliage, the beauty of the flowers, the trees, and all that You have created. We bless Your glorious name. We shall sing later today about You beholding the beauty and goodness of Your creation and taking delight in it as we take delight in it with You and for You. Heavenly Father, let me say again, forgive us our sins and forgive us our sinfulness. Forgive us the slothfulness of our spirits, the coldness of our hearts, and revive us again today. Though we will not get up and dance with all our might in this room, let us get up in our hearts and dance with all our might in them. We can and should. It is good always to be zealously affected in a good thing. And there are good things before us today. Increase our zeal for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ who has saved us, loved us, and for the grace of God bestowed upon us that it would not be bestowed in vain, but that we would labor abundantly. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.